Hello there. Do you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. Welcome to a very special episode of the Star Wars Galactic Podcast. You might be asking yourself, wait a minute, it's not Sunday, what's this doing on here? Well, I decided to do a bonus episode. Ahsoka series has just finished its roundup for the season. So, let's get into it, let's talk about it. I've been doing some short clips back and forth on TikTok where I break down each episode, just very briefly, and they've been only like 10 minutes here and there. There are so many theories and so much to talk about just within what we just saw. I, I thought I had to come on here and at least put it on the podcast. So I'm not going to do a full in-depth about each and every episode. We are going to talk about it in a broad sense here. But if you have not seen Ahsoka yet, please, please, please do. I have never forced or recommended a show so badly in my life especially star wars i have always been a star wars fan i loved the original movies when they came out i remember them watching them when i was a little kid i remember rewinding the vhs tapes over and over again the first time i actually got to see star wars is when it was broadcast on television we had recorded it two vhs tapes and then that was it you had the commercials constantly and this was back when a movie when it premiered on tv it didn't just premiere and it just played through like it does nowadays with a couple of commercials here and there every time you broke there was a clip of what you were going to see in the next few minutes of the film and then it would come back with an intro of what you were going to see. So you were like seeing scenes repetitively. That's how I was introduced to Star Wars. When episode one came out and episode two came out, I, I was just glued to it. When episode three, I was so enraptured with it that I just could never get enough. I loved the Clone Wars series when that came out. I've watched that countless times. Rebels was an all-time favorite when I finally got to see that. There, there have been some hit or miss shows that have come on since then. There was Resistance, there has been Andor, and don't get me wrong, they're not bad. And I have not watched Andor, that's something on my bucket list that I'm going to have to watch here at some point. But I just wasn't really thrilled, or... I'm sorry. Episode 7, 8, and 9 of these movies personally let me down. And I was so hyped up as a kid to watch Star Wars that when I saw 
that episode seven was coming up, there there was all this pump and excitement. I'm like, okay, I, I know the stories of Han and Luke and Leia. We're, we're going to see their kids. The mess that came next, I was just, you just, all right, well, we'll see where this goes. And then eight came out. And then nine came out. You have killed my Star Wars. Whatever. It's the first time I've only watched a Star Wars film one time. I sat through, and I do say sat through, I sat through episode seven, very disappointed. I'm like, I'll rewatch it again at some point, and I did, and I think I made it maybe halfway through, and I fell asleep. I have never in my life fallen asleep to a Star Wars movie. And I fell asleep through halfway through the second watching of episode seven. I watched episode eight. I'm like, okay, yeah. And then episode nine and so forth. I I lost that passion for it. So I won't lie. When Ahsoka, we'll say, debuted and you heard all the hype coming into it, it wasn't that much. It was kind of undertone. I've seen The Mandalorian, and that's not bad. There, it Mandalorian does have its good parts. It really does. It, it, there's a reason it was popular, and it still is so. But I still didn't get that passion that I had as a kid. Um, Book of Boba came out, and I liked... I, I, I do de- defer with others. I appreciated the story behind it and the continuation plus closing, you could say, with the Book of Boba, because I did like Boba Fett. I really did as a character from the original films. But when it came down to integrity of the story, I'm sorry, what what was the deal with the bikers? Come on. I'm like, why? Why did we have to have this? Was this really a pivotal point that we had to have in here? I understand that it's from Disney, and they have a certain way of doing things, But you have a core group of fans that you could, I'm not going to lie, you could expunge us from all the money in the world if it's done right. We're a bunch of Star Wars whores. We're not going to lie. We're not going to lie on this. We will do it. But when you put that in front of us, you're like, you think we're going to bite on that? We come away walking like, what, what, what did I watch? What was that? Like, they... When they started Book of Boba, it was on a little bit of an upswing. I'm not, that was really, I mean, it wasn't a quick jump, but it was like, okay, this is all right. Yeah. I got to admit, they were saying it was a half season of Mandalorian by the end of it. And you don't need to do that. If that's what you wanted to do, technically, Boba is quote unquote kind of Mandalorian. You could have had it that it was just another season part of the Mandalorian. So. With all that in mind, with the offshoots, with the spin-offs that have come from it, there was not a lot of ambition on my part, I will have to admit, to watch Ahsoka. You have been let down so many times that by the time it comes on, you're preparing yourself for disappointment. So that's the mindset I entered into watching the first episode. And when it had dropped, I don't believe I watched it the day it dropped. I believed I watched it the following morning, I think. I know it wasn't the minute it dropped. I became, I like kept paying attention. I'm like, oh wait, 
the Ahsoka series drops. I'm like, I, I like Ahsoka. I do. That's a whole Anakin and Ahsoka relationship. I followed that all through Clone Wars. I'm like, I, I enjoy that. So, and when they said Dave Filoni was behind this, I'm like, okay, th this is... Maybe Dave is going to help it in some way. I'm not going to count my chickens before they're hatched, but maybe some way, somehow, he's going to help this out. So, a couple hours after it dropped, I put it on and I watched it. And I was sitting in my car, I was on my lunch hour, and I watched it. And after four or five minutes, the chills that came over me. I was seven years old again watching Star Wars. How Dave Filoni constructed this of how it opened, how he let it flow. The entire, I said this on a TikTok that I later did, where the vibe that just came off of it, when you had Balin and you had Shin coming onto the Rebel ship, or the New Republic, I should say the New Republic shipped. Nothing was forced. We got to be introduced to not a new, not an old character, but a new character. It wasn't somebody we had already known. It wasn't someone, and that's the argument that some people have had with Star Wars fans is, well, you don't see Luke Skywalker. You don't see Darth Vader. That's your problem with it. And it's because it's new one. Balin Skull and Shin Hati have never been introduced before. These were brand new, not only characters, but villains. And for Star Wars fans, our villains are as important as our heroes. You can't have Luke Skywalker without Darth Vader. It's just as simple as that. You can't have the Republic without the Empire. We like both. We, we usually do pick a side. I mean, I obviously, I am a dark side fan myself, but I know I cannot have my dark side unless I have the Rebel Alliance or the new Galactic Rebellion or the new uh, Galactic. <laughs> um, with that, you put in characters. I'm sorry, Kylo Ren was what was he? I, I'm sorry, I come away. What was he other than a crying little baby? My problem with that is Han and Leia had three kids. And in my opinion, they took four children and combined them into one. Why? Do you realize the stories that you had at your disposal by just following what was still there. Who cares if we already knew it? What is the number one thing that all of us, most Star Wars fans, will disagree on different points of who's got stronger powers, who's got uh, more force capabilities, which is better, light or dark, blah, blah, blah. What is the one series we all want to see? The Old Republic. We all know what's going to happen. Even if you would change the stories in there, we all know that the Sith come in and sack Coruscant. We all know that the Jedi Order rebuilds. We all know this. So why do we want to see it? Because we read it, we know it, we love it, now we want to see it. So we don't have to change it. We'll still shell out the money to see it. I've seen Star Wars. 
I don't even I couldn't even put a number on it. I don't know how many times I've seen it. But I have watched Star Wars and the Clone Wars and the Rebels so many times I can name off quotes word for word, which I'm sure a lot of you out there can. I still pay money to go watch it. So giving us something new isn't always better. Give us what we know and we'll still shell out for it. So we got new characters from Shin and from Balin, but it was the vibe, the mentality, the swagger, just the presence they brought in. It was clear, dark energy. It was clear Star Wars. If you have watched it and you've watched previous Star Wars films, you know what I'm talking about. If you have not watched Ahsoka yet, please do. Please put it on. I feel bad for not being as hyped as I was when it first came on. Like I said, I came through with very negative vibes, was not very excited to watch it. But when I finally did put it on, I'm like, what What was I? Why? I, I put a video on TikTok and I usually didn't. I'm like, what, what, what can I really do? I do the odd goofy one here and there. But I had finally put on a video on TikTok that was like my review of the first episode. And like the first time I got on talking about it, I'm like, how am I going to fit all this in 10 minutes? That's the longest you can go on here is 10 minutes. And I just all the points right off the bat. And I just started rambling to myself for the about the first literally 10 minutes of the show. I rambled to myself in the car for over a half an hour, and I'm like, that was only the first 10 minutes. So I'm like, what am I going to do and talk for the next bit? So when you follow the show, when you follow the entire series, it's going to maintain that pace. Now, there was some disagreement in... I believe it was episode three. Yes, because episodes one and two dropped on the same day. Episode three dropped a week later. If you have watched The Clone Wars, The Clone Wars goes consistently where you have really high action-packed episodes, you cover storyline, and then it does trail off. There are a couple episodes where it's not as action-packed. It's just not as gripping at your seat they are still important though because there's little bits put in there that are still necessary when you watch the clone war series on the whole it's a movie it is a i don't even know how many hours it would contain i know it takes almost two whole weekends to watch it but when you watch them all they're they're a bunch of compilations of movies more or less that's how ahsoka has been made when you watch it, at the end of it, it's an entirety. It doesn't constantly go up and down. You premiere with your first two episodes, which just... I started questioning how you could keep getting better and better and better. Episode three mellows out. It lets you calm down. It doesn't drop, but it lets you calm down, gather yourself for the next one. And then you're thrown with the next episode, which gives you another jolt and then it keeps going on from there and there so when you watch it don't be disappointed as you're like oh well this isn't going to get very good this is kind of mild out 
No. I believe there's like two episodes where it does that. It was episode three, and I felt that it did that in, I want to say six. I'm, I'm almost positive it was episode six. That it kind of like mellowed out again. But it's like, you have to calm down at some point. You have to relax and gather yourself to go into the next fight. And that brings me to the next one, was the fighting style. The fighting style that we had in here was not the forced, throw-around, chaotic fighting that we saw from the other Disney films. From 7, 8, and 9, you saw just randomness. Just, like, hits that didn't make sense. You could, I, you can watch that film, and I could literally, in the first time I'm watching, I'm like, I can point out, I'm like, that wasn't a real hit, that was fake. I'm like, this is more... This was trying to almost, like, they were almost trying to make fun of Star Wars in a way. It's almost like you took Star Wars and Spaceballs and tried to merge them together. It's like, well, we want it to be serious, but we still want it to be funny. I'm like, no, there are two films that do that. If we want funny, we watch Spaceballs. If we want serious, we watch Star Wars. We don't need in the middle. And that's what they were doing. The lightsaber choreographs done in Ahsoka are much better. We have a lot of two-handed uh, saber fighting which that's the design of the sabers that the characters are using. You still have Ahsoka wielding her two lightsabers. Um, you do have the dual blade sabers from a character in here, Merrick, and we'll talk about him a little bit later on. Um, even the final scene, or the final scenes of episode eight of Ahsoka, we got to see outdoor height fighting and just the fighting that reminded you of Clone Wars where it wasn't just always the lightsabers coming in sometimes there was blaster bolts coming in sometimes you were being attacked from all sides and just all of it very well coalesced very very well the visuals that are done in Ahsoka are just you, you feel like you're there um they were not as good, I feel, in the movies for 7, 8, 9. Because 7, 8, and 9, you were in space, you had some planetary ones, but it wasn't the broad picture. You had constantly, in Ahsoka, you would either start small and go wide, or wide and go small. So, without you realizing it, you were being included into the film you were being immersed in it again and that's something we did not get in the other ones they told a story and you knew you were watching a movie and it just movies shows all of it they're meant to entertain and this this for ahsoka not only entertained but it re-sparked and i know i'm not the only one i have watched countless videos and podcasts all over the place that have said the exact same thing that they have been refired up as well. So big shout out to the entire crew of Ahsoka and to Dave Filoni. They did an awesome job. Um, I just cannot give you enough props for it. Uh, so let's talk about it all. We have characters that we know we got reintroduced again to Ahsoka, to Sabine, to Hera, to Chopper, to Hu Yang. 
And of course, Ezra, we got to meet him later on. Characters missing, a big notable miss was Zeb. Now, there's some theories going along with that that we could be seeing Zeb in possibly season two. There was a lot of question whether there was going to be a season two or not. And this is speculation, I don't know. They could have been waiting to see how well it took, to be honest. If there was going to be a big response, if there wasn't. After the releases of the first two episodes on the premiere day, or premiere night, I should say, I'm imagining that the Dave Filoni crew just sat and watched and wanted to see what would happen. If it's not going to take off, it's not going to take off, and then we're just going to do one season, and that'll be the end of it. So we are just going to wait and play it safe. That's what I'm going to assume. I don't know this for a fact, but that's what I'm going to assume. This was the first Star Wars Disney show that beat even Netflix in the streaming. So that had to make them feel good watching that. As we keep leading up to it, there at the end of Episode 8, there is no end credit scene. A lot of speculation went into it's like, well, it's trying to be different, blah, blah, blah. No, not only are we trying to be different, we're trying to single ourselves out away from everyone. And to be honest, they didn't make a sec or an end credit scene because they didn't know if they were going to do a second season at the time. That's my that is my belief in that. So the only way you change that is when you finally release that final episode. Are we going to say series finale, finale? or season finale, which is it going to be? It wasn't until I opened my email, because Disney Plus sends out an email to their customers telling them when episodes are dropping, trying to get the word out, whatever. But in the email, they had sent a little flyer, and it said season, not series, but season finale of Ahsoka. So that tells me right away, quietly in the background, they're going to they're gonna do a second season. Now, after reading up on some uh, news media sites, yes, do not, as the time that I'm recording this, we don't know when season two is going to drop because they haven't even recorded it yet. So they can't put a date on it. And I don't want a date yet. That tells me that you're going back to the drawing board and you have a lot of stuff to do, a lot of material to put together. And where do we want to go? Because obviously what was done here in this first season they listen to what the fans have been complaining about, what all of us have been arguing about for the last couple of years, what we have not liked in these previous films. We also have some possible recasting that we have to do, and that, that'll lead into um, the new characters that we got. We got Balin, we got Shin, we had a character named Merrick, and I have a little bit of a theory on him. We also got introduced to Captain uh, Enoch. Now, a repeat offender, we have an old character, an old villain of ours, was Thrawn. He was brought into it, along with Morgan from The Mandalorian. Now, we all know Thrawn from Rebels. For those of you who haven't seen Rebels, please go check that out. But Morgan is from The Mandalorian series our series and she was captured put into jail and that's where we pick up from there with Ahsoka now with the new characters Balin and Shin it's interesting that we didn't classify them as Sith they are actually dark Jedi 
Now, I did get one statement on a TikTok that I'd done about that, that there are no Dark Jedis, that's no such thing, they're just Sith. That's not correct. I had to double check it because I'm like, mm, that doesn't quite sound right. You actually have four categories. You have Jedi, you have Dark Jedi, you do have Greys, and you have Sith. Within all of that, you also just have Force Wielders. So you could have a fifth category if you want. So Shin and Balin are Dark um, dark Jedi, I guess you would call them. Um, they don't agree with the Jedi, but they're not invested, at least Balin isn't, isn't invested in the passion and the written rituals that the Sith have. He makes an interesting statement where he said uh, he gets asked by Shin, does he, does he miss the Jedi Academy and the Temple? And Balin goes, which is rightfully so, he misses the idea of it. Their philosophy and dogma that they would preach, he didn't agree with, but he misses the idea of it. So that really helps confirm it's like, no, he's not a Jedi, but he's not a Sith. He's a, he's a dark Jedi. Um, Shin, on the other hand, we are left with her character by the end of it, and even through the whole thing. I have reason to believe that she could become a Sith for her drive, just that natural evil vibe to it. Um, Morgan, we come to find out, is one of the Night Sisters, and she actually has the magic ability that they have on Dathomir. We get to see this in episode... It's either in the end of episode one or towards the beginning of episode two. I cannot remember. Um, but she actually uses it to help. Oh, that's right. It's in the uh, end of, or towards the end of episode two when she opens the map. That's right, or middle middle of episode two. She uses it to open a map, and you see that green ichor, that ichor that comes out of the map holder. And it's the like I said, the visual visualizations here are just like you were watching the show from the Clone Wars. They they took what we knew from the cartoons and they brought it into live action. And sometimes when you do that, it doesn't work and it doesn't come out as clean. But with this, it was literally streamless. Like you had to stop for a second. I'm like, that's CGI. That's really good CGI. Like I'm, I don't know what I'm watching. So... Again, we, we had Morgan, who I'll classify, classify her as like a new-ish character. We, we know her from Mandalorian. Other than that, no, she hasn't been introduced. Her backstory with her history of the Night Sisters. Now, we do know the Night Sisters and the Witches of Dathomir. We do know those from the Clone Wars. But her particularly, she got more screen time now in Ahsoka. She did not get that very much in the Mandalorian. Balin, Shin, Merrick... Captain Enoch, these are characters that are brand new to us. Now, with Merrick, I still feel we were left high and dry with Merrick. We got introduced to Merrick through episodes one through four, I want to say. I believe it was four. And it wasn't far into four that he got killed. There was a lot of theory that I 
I will not lie, I jumped in on it too, and I still, I am unclear with it. I do have a little bit of idea because I've been watching some of the episodes of Rebels. <sighs> I have more of a leaning, disappointing theory that I might have to admit to. All of us thought you have this helmeted character, his fighting styles, his armor styles. Is this Starkiller? Is this, did we really go above and beyond? Did we bring back a character from the Force Unleashed? This would be awesome. Because they were constantly pitting Merrick against Ahsoka. So do we have Vader's apprentice fighting Anakin's apprentice? That would be awesome. We have, and I, I want to say it was in episode four. I, I, my episodes might be incorrect. But we had a fight scene, which was good. Don't get me wrong. The fight scene was not bad. But we had a fight scene between Soka and Merrick, a, a rematch. And Ahsoka came in, slashed him, and this smoke comes out. And he just shrivels up like he collapses in on himself, and that's it. And you're just left with, what was that? Not as in disappointment, but you were just hoping that it was going to be someone else. Now, when you step back, and like I said, I've been watching a couple episodes of Rebels again. When you step back and you watch it, it was one of the episodes of Rebels that I watched where season two where um, Maul gets introduced into Rebels Ezra, Maul, Kanan and Ahsoka are fighting these Inquisitors there is this one Inquisitor who has the exact same armor as Merrick from the Ahsoka series has then when you know the history of what the Night Sisters can do and again from watching Rebels of what they have done in there for Maul and Ezra more than likely the Night Sisters infuse their Ichor into a dead Inquisitor now could it still have been Starkiller I would like to hold on to that hope so would a lot of people but I'm going to have to come to either the conclusion or acceptance that it might not be. There's one aspect that I do have to check yet, and that's the hands of uh, Merrick. Because in the Rebels series, the character on there only has four appendages for fingers. So I need to go back and see if there that was any similarity that they did into the Merrick. If that was one detail that they slipped, that gives us a little bit of hope. I'm like, okay, so maybe this is the corpse of Starkiller. I'm I'm I'm, I'm like with quite a few others. I was like, I really I'm probably going to be told no, it's not it. It was just an Inquisitor that was brought back to life. If I can, I'm going to try. I would like to. But you do find. Which was done, again, nicely. You got to see the zombified stormtroopers with Thrawn in Episode 8. So after you watch that, you know that that is a possibility that they can infuse the smoke into the uh, dead corpses and everything and bring them to life and create their army. Like they did in Clone Wars, like they did in Rebels. That is something that they have done. That's not out of the ordinary. That's something they can bring back. Then maybe we'll get a definition. 
after Merrick was killed, we never revisited that topic again. It never came back up in the show. So we were kind of left to nothing. Captain Enoch is a stormtrooper who is, for some reason, we still have not been told. This is an unanswered question that we will hopefully get answered within Season 2. But he is the captain, commander, leader of the entire forces, Thrawn's right-hand man. His helmet is different. If you could picture a stormtrooper helmet, but the face has the gladiator mask from the movie Gladiator. Just that pure gold, just basic human, human-esque face on the front of it. That's what his stormtrooper has. So you don't know what he is, who he is, anything about that. We do know that the troopers are alive at the time because later in the episode... They get volunteers, and those of them that have died, they have already been, quote-unquote, blessed or enhanced with the Night Sisters' ability that the smoke will enhance their body and inherently take over, and then they'll become the, quote-unquote, zombie troopers. So, that's what brings it with the whole Merrick deal. So, interested to see where the... Captain Enoch story leads us to. Really would like to see how that goes. We go back to the first episode and just going through the relationship we have with Ahsoka and Sabine. If you watched Rebels, or if you at least jumped to watch the last episode of Rebels, you're going to get a walk down through of what happened after Ezra jetted off into unknown space you're going to get to know what happened to zeb what happened to ahsoka that ahsoka had a son and that the son of ahsoka and kanan jason i think they did a live version of him very very well we got to see him for the first time we only got to see him in that clip for the end of rebels just a little bit in the ghost but You got to see him live action. He interacted in quite a few episodes. He was even made predominantly one of the, we'll say, quote-unquote, main characters in the one episode, showing off that he was having his father's ability for Force-using and was able to help find Soka. So, we appreciated that. But in the first episodes, we found out that at some point, after the battle on Endor and the collapse of the Empire. Ahsoka and Sabine took on this role of master and apprentice, and Sabine started learning from Ahsoka. Now, some questions went up of why it stopped, and there was theories that went around. I gave one myself. Maybe Ahsoka wasn't ready for it. Maybe she just couldn't handle being a master right away. And it was a mixture, but more predominantly because we finally got a closing timeline for Sabine. Sabine's family has always been on Mandalore. We were not told, but assumed somehow her family would survive the purge that happened on Mandalore. Come to find out, no, they did not. Those that were on Mandalore, very, very few, if at any, were able to hide and escape. That's where we get the Mandalorian series. But the Great Purge literally wiped out Sabine's whole family. So Ahsoka was afraid to teach Sabine how to become a Jedi because she was afraid she would, quote-unquote, dive into the dark side of it, use it for revenge for her family. 
So that's why the whole split happened before we even got started with the Ahsoka series. And this is the backstory that we walk into. So we go, we get Sabine. Um, we get reintroduced to Hu Yang from the Clone Wars. That was great that he's been palling around with Ahsoka and just... David Tennant did a great job with his voice on there, so th that was great having that familiar voice in that. But this is the difference that we get from this series compared to what we had in the movies of The Force Awakens. In The Force Awakens, it was a mirror image of episodes 3, 4, 5, and 6 big planet blow it up orphaned on a planet desert planet mind you and has to find somebody to train her and it was too forced Ray's I'm not dissing the actress at all the actors and actresses don't have any effect in that they only can do with what the writers give them they have a little bit of leeway and creativity with it but they have a blueprint of what they're supposed to do of what the story's supposed to be they, they were set up for failure from the beginning so but Ray's character got her powers too quickly. One minute, she doesn't know how to use them. She hasn't been using them all this time. Next minute, poof, she can make stuff fly. That's not how it works. In the Ahsoka series, Sabine doesn't show any force powers. There is a battle between Sabine and Shin, and Shin stares at Sabine and Sabine tries a force push and like when I first watched it I didn't catch it either I it was so minute Shin just shifted her shoulder and I'm like oh okay yeah she reestablished she reestablished her footing whatever that was the minute force push and this was in episode four this was the minute force push that Sabine was finally able to give and Shin looks at Sabine and goes you have no power because Shin can pick stuff up, throw them, and like launch herself all over the place. Sabine does not have that. She's restricted. And it takes still up to episode 8 for her to finally break through. To have at least, we'll say, a low power threshold. She's not picking up starships. She's not opening doors and flinging things left and right. She's still very minute. There is a scene where she helps open a door, but it's between her and ahsoka and ezra she's not doing it on her own even her lightsaber fighting she knows how to use it to a degree but we know that from rebels when she got the dark saber that she had trouble using the dark saber because it was heavy she relied on her guns her blasters she relied on the mandalorian weapons the saber the sword that's not a mandalorian weapon that she is accustomed to now yes there is the mandalorian who first created the dark saber um but that's a whole different topic it wasn't forced for her to eventually become a jedi it was allowed to develop allowed to grow allowed to build and allowed to appreciate the struggle that she had with it because she even makes a decision in i believe it is episode four yeah it's in that same episode where she decides to hand over the map they are given or they look for a map and balin and shin are looking for this said map they pretty much 
or Balin pretty much tells her as long as he gives it to her willingly, Sabine can come along, no problems. And she can help come get Ezra. So she hands it over willingly. And that's where you start seeing, like, this is why Ahsoka didn't want to train her. Why she changed her mind, because she was afraid she'd give her this information and she wouldn't make the right decision. Now, Hu Yang brings up a good point later on. It was her decision to make, and maybe that was the decision for her to make at the time. And in later retrospect, yes, you could argue that, because had she done what Ahsoka said, there was no way they they personally were going to find Ezra on that sense. I guess we could have made the stress or the stretch with the Purgles later on, but to be honest, that wasn't something in their mindset that they were getting. Even Ahsoka still had to go through some trials, and that was like one of the big wow scenes we got from Ahsoka was at the end of it. We got the transition of Ahsoka entering back into what we knew from World Between Worlds from Rebels. We got that here, live action. Hayden Christian's return as Anakin Skywalker. And at first, yes, when I first watched, I'm I'm very leery of all these characters coming in. I'm like, I know he was killed in Clone Wars, but is this somehow a reincarnation of the sun? Is he being deceiving? Like there were certain like scene, like moves and scenes that he was doing. I'm like, is that Anakin or is that the sun? I'm like, the sun the daughter and the father are the quote-unquote gods of Mortis. That is back in the Clone Wars when Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, and Ahsoka Tano are both pulled to this planet from a distress call. Come to find out the distress call was sent out so Anakin would be drawn to the planet because the father, who is the mediator between the son and the daughter, he wants Anakin to take the father's place. The son embodies the dark side, the like pure essence of the dark side, and the daughter embodies the light side. Now, these are characters that are somewhat familiar to some, others not so. If you go back to a couple episodes in the podcast, we covered the son and the daughter as relations to the witches of Dathomir because their descriptions within the Night Sisters is exactly step for step the son and the daughter the fang god and the uh wing goddess are literally the embodiment of both two of these characters the daughter transformed in the clone wars she did transform into this winged griffin and the son turned into this giant like clawed bat now in the series of the clone wars the daughter sacrificed herself so Ahsoka could live. And then we saw this owl that constantly would follow Ahsoka around. Now, we saw this in the Clone War, or in Rebels, when um, Ahsoka is fighting Vader. The end credit, you see a figure walking away and you see the owl. So that's right away we jumped that Ahsoka's still alive somehow, blah, blah, blah. We were later confirmed that yes, because Ezra had pulled her out. And that opens up a whole Pandora of one that some people agree with, some don't. Some say we're just like, we're hoping an endless hope for the movies to be fixed. But I have a theory of how it could work, so do a lot of people, of how we could use the world between worlds to fix all these movies. But um, the son and the daughter were introduced into the Clone Wars 
the daughter sacrificed herself, but the father, with Anakin's help, killed the son to help bring balance. Otherwise, they would take over. Now, the father supposedly died himself, and that was that. That's all we knew of that point. So, the idea now of Anakin having access to the world between worlds, even though he is uh, passed on and gone, the idea is now he is taking on the role of the father in the sense. Is this a possibility that since Ahsoka's been infused with it, could Ahsoka be embodying some way the light side? Which brings, if, if we go with that, who's going to be our dark side character? Now, I'm not going to go with, well, Palpatine's your dark side character. If you have watched The Clone Wars, the sun is a million times darker than Palpatine. So, if, if you want to know how dark of a character you can go, you go watch it. You have not seen dark until you have watched the sun. So, yeah. Um, but it was great watching Hayden Christian come on there, play that role. You got to see live action flashbacks of him and Ahsoka from the Clone Wars. We got to see the original clone troopers again. You got to see little clips with Captain Rex in there. And th that whole, like I said, the visualization of that was just great. Um, it made Ahsoka confront her past and her future. And it made her more determined when she came out of it. There was a little bit of recognition, and this is what I think makes it different when Dave Filoni takes this than when Disney as a whole took it. When George Lucas created Star Wars, he based it off of other history, mythology, lore, samurai went a lot into it with the um, sword fighting. That was the whole idea about it. He, he talked about it in an interview once before where it's like you have to have the two hands on it because a saber it's very strong so this, sa this lightsaber is going to be very powerful there's going to be a lot of energy behind it he said it developed later on that some people used one hand and it became that he adapted it into the hilt that it's the inhibitors and whatnot that would help dilate the power down that way they wouldn't be as strong as long so forth Disney made a movie and they do Disney does come out with good films, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not dissing them as a whole, but they were looking for something with a good name to it and trying to make it family friendly. That's not what this is. There there's nothing wrong with the Star Wars being family friendly, but you're trying to make it something it's not. Dave Filoni comes in again, we mix in entertainment with mythology with other cultures. We use names to finally give the uh, training name for the Saber and the Droid Bot. We finally got what a Jedi is called when he's not trained, when he or she is not trained at the temple, that they're actually given names for that. Shin and Hati, it was noticed very early on. I thought I was going to be the first to notice it, but there was more, there was faster ones than me that got it that it was Shin, Hati, and Balin, Skull. From Norse mythology, Skull and Hati are the two wolves, which we have, know the wolves from Lothal, are the two wolves in Norse mythology that chase the sun and the moon. 
what are Shin and Balin doing? They're chasing a planet, a sun of some sorts, a star. So we're mixing that in. We're mixing in the samurai styles, the names, the mythology from other cultures. We were using um, Norse Nordic runes to do the map, saying that it was an older uh, way of writing in the star maps. But it's because you do that research and you do that diving. Dave Filoni was doing it on the same level that George Lucas did Star Wars from the get-go from any director that does a film very well it's not everyone's in a hurry to get it out first but no one's in a hurry to go do some light research i'm not saying heavy just some light research to get something put together to get something to take hold that we can sit and enjoy like i said they haven't started shooting season two yet and this is why we're going to have to put something together now. We're going to have to put a script together. We're going to have to put a storyline together. Then we're going to have to record it. I, if season two comes out and it's done well, I don't see it coming out for another two years. I honestly don't. If they're able to get it off sooner, I will be very surprised. But I will be hopeful that we keep to the same level that we previously did. Now, the gentleman, Ray, who played Balin, unfortunately passed away no sooner they got done recording of this. He passed away at 58 and... We will miss him very dearly. His character is one that is just like Heath Ledger when he played the Joker. They do not realize how well they did it. It was when I first watched it, and I and this is what captivated me, when I watched Balin and Shin walk in, it reminded me of Darth Bane and Darth Zana. Like, that was the vibes I was getting. Now, some people have made the comment that Shin is reminding them that maybe they're trying to incorporate a Mara Jade Skywalker into Shin. And I'm like, I'm really hoping they're not. I'm hoping, I mean, they can give a little bit of a twist, but I hope this isn't like her replacement. I hope this is, Shin's still her own character, and I appreciate that to that, but I'm hoping this isn't like a replacement. I still want them to fix this mess. Now, that brings me to my idea of the world between worlds. In the show of Rebels, Ahsoka tells Ezra that he can't just go pull anyone out. He can't go pull uh, Kanan out because if he pulls Kanan out then everyone's going to die because in Kanan's world, he stopped the explosion. So you would have, you cannot enter a door or take something out of a door that it does not belong to. You have to use the same door. Technically he did do that with Ahsoka. He pulled Ahsoka out of the door in her world and placed her back at just a later time. Her life or death at that moment in time did not affect anyone. It didn't kill, didn't stop anybody else from being killed, it didn't affect anyone. If they would go in and pull Kanan from his point in time, the explosion would happen, they would have to put Kanan back in that same door, everyone would be dead. So what would be the point of it? The theory is, is if you could find a point in time to either pull someone out, or maybe you fall in and... A butterfly effect disrupts something that happens that creates rebirths or starts the whole line to begin with that shuts it all down 
and we can restart and replant where this is supposed to be. That is my hope. Whether we do it or not, I don't know. They have enough work to do, like I said, with um, Ray passing away, our actor who played Balin. He did such an amazing job that they didn't, at the end of the series, kill his character because he obviously, that, that wasn't planned for him to pass away. He didn't even get to see the series release. He Sadly, he passed away and never got to see it to the screen. His character ends with him standing on the statue of the father, and you have a statue built into the mountain, almost reminding you of Lord of the Rings, in a sense. Which, again, this when you're doing these comparisons, and these are natural transitions, it's really appreciated. But you have him standing on the arm of the father. Next to the statue is the statue of the son. Notably, the daughter is not there, so I think that's very well done. But the father is pointing out with an outstretched arm to a beacon that you can see off into the distance. Now, it has been brought up that this could actually be the temple to the gods on Mortis, that perhaps Peridia is actually Mortis. Possibly. Don't know that for certain. I'm going to lean more to it's leading them to a beacon that I'm thinking it's Abeloth, that Peridia was actually the imprisonment that they put Abeloth on, now that the daughter's dead, now that the son's dead and the father's dead, she's still there but needs released. And I think that's the power that Balin's been searching. This whole time of the series, Balin and Shin have been working with Thrawn, working with Morgan, because they're searching for this power greater than themselves. At least Balin is, and he's trying to teach Shin that. She keeps wondering what they're doing. Well, aren't we supposed to be taking orders? And you find that's pretty much... Thrawn's a means to an end for Balin. I'm just helping him so I can get here. I don't care if he likes it of what I'm doing here at this point now. I'm on this planet, and no, I really don't intend on leaving. I'm still being called. Can't you hear it? Something is calling to him. So that's the theory that Abeloth is there, and he's going to release Abeloth onto the universe. So his character is not done, unfortunately. But with Rey passing away... Now we have to make a decision that Star Wars doesn't do, and Star Wars doesn't recast characters. Um, now, I say Star Wars hasn't done it because George Lucas never had to. He never had actors pass away on him on that sense, where they were notable, they were right in front of your face, weren't wearing a mask or anything, that he had to make that decision. If we go to a different genre and go to Harry Potter, Dumbledore did pass away after the first, was it the first or second film? That's just it. It happened and I forgot now which epi which one it was. It was either the first or second film and you can correct me on it, but the actor who played Dumbledore for the first time did unfortunately pass away and then they had to recast him. It didn't make or break the series. It really didn't. It honestly didn't affect it at all. It did very well and continued on, and no one batted an eye at it very much. It did not take away from the first Dumbledore. It did not take away from the actor and what he had accomplished. There are... I'm not going to list them all, because one name popped up, and followed by another name, followed by another name, and... 
there was a few people that I have seen where they really didn't do much. They just added some light facial hair coloring, but they found a couple actors that their broodiness, their calmness, their build, their demeanor, everything, we very well easily, well, I, should, I won't say easily, we very well could recast Balin to be in there. And it would not take away from the first one. It would not. Like I said, Star Wars hasn't done that in the past because they haven't had to. And they've used CGI. But I'm afraid if we keep using CGI, that does take away from the character. That brings up the next question of what do you do? If, if you're going to do all this fixing of the films, the films you're talking about, we don't have Carrie Fisher anymore. And... Mark Hamill really can't do a young Luke Skywalker anymore. Well, possibly. I mean, we could probably get him into some of the older roles before it, sadly, gets too late for him. Even Harrison Ford is up there to be doing Han Solo and for the time frame we're looking at. But the character that we had or the actor we had to play the character of Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian they did some CGI over him why can't we do that why can't we have the actor come in and you're going to be playing a younger version to begin with you're going to be playing that transition so why can't we have that fill in to be honest it happens when you do films and then have mo or shows come out and then you go back to the film and it doesn't take away from it. So I think we need to get over that hurdle that we, that it hasn't been done. It can be done. It can be done respectfully. It can be done with integrity. And everyone can still enjoy the film and the show. So I hope they do. Because the character Balin as a whole, I want to see more of him. So do a lot of other people. I just, I want to see that continued. Um, Thrawn was brought back to us from Rebels. That was just a chill watching that happen when he was with the uh, Great Mothers. Uh, some people made fun of that Thrawn had a little bit of a, a beer belly, if you will, a little bit of a gut on him. He's been on a planet where he physically has not had to be doing the constant training that we saw him do in Rebels. He's still strategically a very well thought out character but he doesn't have to be all battle ready in a physical sense we got to see his very very diverse and very pinpoint strategic mind at work when he believes that Ahsoka is coming for him then send out just this many just send out a few here. And he gets questioned by Morgan. Well, shouldn't we send out more? And shouldn't we uh, do this? No, that's an adequate number. That's an adequate loss. He's already figured out. More than likely, they're going to die. Why waste? In my experience in fighting these Jedi, no. When he finds out, he asks for resources. He's like, since you guys have come all from your unit, from your edge of the galaxy... I want you to tell me who was Ahsoka Tano's master. I want to know her backstory on that. Thrawn knows who Anakin is. He now finds out who Ahsoka Tano's master is. 
As soon as she finds out that, he looks at this board, he pulls up, Anakin Skywalker was her master. Interesting. The oh shit word brain must have just flown into him like, well, we're going to throw everything out the window and I'm not wasting anything. We'll make a slight show of it and that'll be the end of it. And he sends two fighters, two TIE fighters, that's it, to go find them. Whatever they can do, they can do. They end up getting destroyed. He's like, I anticipated that. We'll need volunteers to distract them. We're leaving. And that's what they do. They, like I said earlier, they enhance the stormtroopers that they had. The volunteers, they took soul volunteers. They knew they were not going to leave the planet, that they were going to die. And Thrawn loads up the ship and they head out. He never gets a face-to-face with Ahsoka. He does get a, uh, we'll say, conversation, a brief conversation uh, before he makes the jump. But... It was typical Thrawn, where he already calculated what was going to happen, how it was going to happen, who was going to die, what was going to be destroyed, what is an acceptable loss, what's not an acceptable loss. He had already done all that math, and it was done. So we were brought back with that, and <laughs> it just made, it made you hopeful that we get a season two at the end of watching that, because it was just... It was it was great. Um, you got Ezra to finally go home. Sabine and Ahsoka did make it to the planet. Sabine found Ezra. And they were able to get Ezra onto the ship. And then Ezra was able to sneak off with a small uh, fighter and land and meet up with Hera. And that was... A, that, to me, that was a necessary scene that I'm thinking Dave Filoni wanted to make sure he got in. If all else fails, that we don't get to do a season two. And this is me thinking of a Dave Filoni mind. If we don't get to do a season two, Ezra, in a way, is an extension of Kanan. At least at the end of season one, can we have Ezra make it home to Hera? To help her in her quote-unquote closure. And that's all we got. We didn't see like a long interaction. It was just the standoff. Remove the helmet. She sees who it is. She's just in shock. And we're left with that. He had. We don't get to see him see Jason or anything like that. And like I said. I would like to see also in season two. A reunion of Zeb and Ezra. That would be great. We have seen Zeb in previous episodes of the mandalorian is that what we saw him in yes saw him in the mandalorian with um i can't think of the pilot's name but the pilot that was with zeb we saw in ahsoka so i'm like okay now it was mentioned of zeb that zeb was on a planet uh training recruits and everything but i'm like just that interaction between ezra and zeb we need that that because because of their diversity because of their confrontation they constantly had in the first season of rebels we need that that that, that's something that that really needs to happen and that i think could happen in season two after season two i don't know i don't know if we would continue to do a season if we would just lead these seasons into um 
heir to the empire because that is a theory going around right now that the Ahsoka series is to lead into the story of heir to the empire. This is where no one in seven, eight, nine described heir to the empire. Thrawn is not talked about. We just, we jumped right into Snoke and then the clone of Palpatine, so on and so forth. So this is where there is some hope that if we do heir to the empire, then are we going to try to manipulate it and force it to become part of seven, eight, nine, or are we going to do, like I said, is in some way, Balin, is Balin going to release Abeloth? Is that what he's being called to? Is someone going to fall through the world between worlds, knock someone off their pedestal, do a butterfly effect to unravel this whole thing that Heir to the Empire starts? There is so many possibilities and so many avenues it can take to. It is... Every day I go on here and I see another theory that I'm like, ooh, I didn't think of that, I didn't think of that one. The basis of it all is like, we want 7, 8, 9 to go away. We want that mess fixed. I would like to see Heir to the Empire done and some type of continuation that we could see possibly Darth Talon making an appearance that somehow the Skywalker children are reborn, uh, metaphorically, that eventually we get Cade Skywalker that we go up against Darth Creighton, that we get the new Sith Order that comes up, and the Sith Civil Wars. That story, those stories go on and on and on. How they went and get be in uh, The Force Awakens that, well, the, the Skywalker saga ends. Like, no, it doesn't end. It does continue. These people, they, their whole family lineage it continues on. No, they're not always the center of attention. I will admit to that. There are some others who step in and they do take forefront. But there is so much more that continues than what than what we were given. I, I don't mean to badmouth them, but if we keep going back, there were so many loose ends of Force Awakens that Captain Phasma, um, for one, like, you were you were watching some of these characters to build up to something to have some like great like either backstory or importance to it and they either just killed them off or they they didn't they just they just stopped it it oh yeah that was the end of that but but why what what were we going for here do you know what you were going for here i don't think you do so so that is the Ahsoka series in a nutshell. Um, if you have not seen it, please, please do so. Get on a Disney Plus. Get on there. Watch it. It is worth every single minute of it. If you can watch... If you can watch the first 15 minutes of the first episode and tell me with certainty that you are not in love with it and that you did not get any chills from it, I don't know how to sell you on the rest of it because like I said, the first two episodes dropped the same time and you were just on a constant upswing and you didn't know how it could get any better. 
you had a nice little cool off to catch your breath to get ready for some more shock and awe. And it just kept going that it was it just maintained. Once it peaked, you had a couple little more spikes and you just kept that high the whole time leading into the final episode. There was some, we'll say, criticism towards one of the major fights happening in the last episode with Ezra, Ahsoka, and Sabine. But it wasn't until people were allowed to digest it. They're like, well, this is a lot slower. This isn't very fast. I'm like, you got to calm down for a second. You have these three characters going against stormtroopers that have been trained by Thrawn. These are troopers that are not wasting ammo. These are troopers that are not wasting their shots. They're not shooting all over the place. You're used to just blaster bolts everywhere. So just swing your saber. That way you can deflect everything. These are strategically shot blaster bolts. So we're only getting a few back and forth. Think back to episode one with Qui-Gon Jinn. How did he handle a couple of blaster bolts? Two-handed, nice, steady, good and solid blocks or deflects. This is what we saw here in Ahsoka. The exact same thing. Why? First off, Sabine's just now learning how to use the lightsaber correctly. And even so, she doesn't use the lightsaber all the time. She uses her uh, Mandalorian armor. Ezra, though, does have more in the series here of more force capabilities because in his first encounter with everyone, he doesn't need his lightsaber because he doesn't have one. He's just using the force. When some people gave him criticism for that, but that's how him and Kanan fought. Like, there's quite a few episodes where they don't use the lightsabers, they use the force. How strong were they with the force when Kanan sacrificed himself? And then Ezra sacrificed himself or his life situation to protect everyone else and to drive Thrawn into hyperspace. So keeping that in mind, you have two characters who are, won't say clumsy, but Ezra's more precise that he's only going to use it to a certain extent. Sabine, she's just learning it more steadily. And Ahsoka, she, again, she sees that the blaster bolts aren't coming very quickly. So why waste the energy? Think this through, take your time. That's the only real criticism that we got out of episode eight that I saw, at least from the majority of the people that I, I'm friends with, follow with, and we were chit-chatting on. So anything else, you're splitting hairs. You, you really are. And I'm, yes, we could find something to argue about, something to dissect and nitpick, but it is really splitting hairs. You, like, like we've already heard, I can pick apart Book of Boba very easily. I can devour and destroy seven, eight, nine films to no end and have a laundry list and probably rant for the next three, four hours about stuff that, yeah, why was this here? Why was that here? What were we thinking? The idea, the, the premise, the potential we had was very great and we just squandered it. But to find any mishaps in the Ahsoka series is I won't say hard but you have to dig and if you want to pick on something you really do have to dig go out go check it out for yourself like I said watch the first 15 minutes first episode 15 minutes I was hooked after the first five I really was after the scene you'll know if you enjoy it the way I did you will see it in the first few minutes when Balin and Shin come onto the ship just the whole vibe of it just I got flashbacks constantly 
And but yeah, first 15 minutes. If you can watch it and you say that it ain't for you, then okay, it ain't for you. But it's a reason it broke records and it beat Netflix on its release. And Netflix was throwing out some new shows too and some well-known shows were debuting like their first episodes of the season blah 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 yeah ahsoka beat it and there's a reason for that it was very well done so to all of you out there in the galaxy have a great night thank you for stopping in for this bonus episode we will see you this sunday with another of our dark-sided planets our halloween special will continue this sunday Until next time, I am Darth Tragus, and may the Force guide you.